Well, good morning. Good morning. I have been enjoying our um, summer series called In Plain Sight. We're talking about theology all around us, and hopefully it's helping us start to think about, wow, I see things that remind me of God or the kingdom of God or remind me about who I am as a Christian um, beyond just a Sunday morning or a Bible study that I'm doing, but all around us. Um, and so, you know, we've talked about Wordle. Hope you guys think about Brent and Jesus as you're doing your Wordle each week um, and the power of words. You know, we've done uh, classic movies. Did anybody go back and watch The Wizard of Oz? I heard a couple people from Modern Service who like I'm went and watched it. I'm more curious who went and watched Arrival, the sci-fi Oh yeah, Arrival, did anybody watch Arrival? Yes, did go. you like it? He said this. <laughs> um, anyway, so this morning we're gonna talk about uh, a, a pretty obvious thing, you know, this is called in plain sight. What's in plain sight around us in our culture today that feels very significant? Social media. Yeah. It's everywhere, it's everywhere, and it's, uh, All-encompassing. Kind of the big question, though, is yeah. who out here uh, yeah. is on social media? Give me a hand. Okay. Decent amount. Yes. Okay. Uh, like ninety percent of what, you. What is your social media of choice? What do you use? Facebook. Facebook. Okay. okay. The young person in the back said yeah. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> she, Beth is young. She said Instagram. Instagram. Okay. TikTok then Snapchat. For, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, see, even, even the, the whole span of our yeah. church is involved in social media. But I bet, did you guys know there was a new one that came out this, just this past week? It's by Meta. She's got it. You got Three. it right there. It's by Meta, which is Facebook, and it's called Threads. And it's now supposed to be the Twitter killer. Yes. Did you set yes. one up? No. I did. Really? Yeah. Because it re requires, like... Work and yeah, no. <laughs> it's pointless though. I don't yeah. like it. I yeah. don't like it. It's just like random thoughts from everybody that you don't want to know is just in one feed, and I don't like it at all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm okay following people I want to intentionally follow, but yeah. you know, yeah. Somebody else, when, when they were leaving, somebody left Modern Service and said, I'll be curious how um, Classic Service, like what they think of this message. Because probably nobody's on social media. I was like, excuse me. Oh, I'm like, right. a lot of my friends from Ashworth just... Second Service are on social media. Right. I was like, are your parents on social media? Yes. Are your grandparents on social media? Yes. It's everywhere. It is so, everywhere. Um, and actually, we have some of our own influencers right here in our church. You didn't embed the video, did I you? Tr I couldn't find it. I don't Dang know it. what happened to it. So Dang it. let me tell you. So here, we were going to show a video. We'll link to it on the church Facebook page so that you guys can see it because yes. it is pretty funny. So funny. But several, a couple months ago, I think Carrie uh, took Julian to Kids Empire. It's one of these play places. And Megan Colney or Megan Stubbs with her son, Kinnick, went with her. And so the boys are out there playing. They're having a great time. And Carrie and Megan decide to get involved in the fun. And so there's this one contraption that you go up to the top of and it's got all these like rubber bands all the way down. And like for a kid, you know, you step off into it and you kind of go level to level to level to level until you go to the ground. Well, Carrie's deciding to now to film and she's got her phone out and she's like, Megan, just jump off in there. Megan's in and Megan's like, no, not going to do it. And Carrie's she's like, no, woman. you know, good pastor's wife. No, seriously, do it. You should do this. And she's filming the whole time. And finally, Megan steps off into it. And she just sinks <laughs> like a stone. Just do-do-do-do-do-do. 
all the way to the ground. And <laughs> Carrie's laughing boom, this and is Megan's nice. laughing and it's hilarious. So they take this video. It's a funny video, right? Back in the day, we would have seen something like that on America's Funniest Videos, laughed and moved on. Well, Josh, Megan's husband, gets the video and he posts it to TikTok. And yes. Carrie told us in the first service that it now has 11 million views. That's funny. <laughs> and, and they have been contacted by three or four entities that are interested in getting the rights to the video. And of course, yes. Carrie's like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't Sell know. It. Let's what see do, how much you can you get know? for that. It's, isn't that crazy? Yes. It's, it's been shared so many thousands of times and yes. liked and all. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. One yes. video, and we don't have a clue how it took off like that. Yeah. But one of them was an insurance company wants it because they want it to be kind of like, I guess, on their social media to, yeah. you know, if you have be this careful. kind of accident kind of thing. So, yeah. We'll cover you. you have, we have some TikTok famous people here in the church. Yes. Figure. Just FYI, you think Carrie's nice, but don't go out with her in public and do something embarrassing because she might video you. And She will video you yeah. and put it on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, man. We, we will link to it. You got to go to Facebook, yeah. even though we're going to tell you not to engage with social media as much. Go to yes. Facebook and you'll find the video this week. But you know what's not funny? So much of the effects of social media on us. And I feel like I'm seeing it and reading about it everywhere, listening to podcasts, reading articles, and it's starting to really get to me. Yeah. And Brent and I have just had so many conversations back and forth about it, even thinking about you all and the mental health of our own people of yeah. what is social media doing to us and, and to your kids and grandkids, um, especially to our teenagers. So I was reading, these are just some statistics that you can find everywhere. I mean, these are very consistent everywhere that 95% of U.S. teens have a smartphone. Um, Brent went looking for a, a dumb phone for Jasmine and yeah, found that it was very, very hard, hard to find. I mean, a dumb phones are not out there very easy to get to. And um, unless you get like a jitterbug, you know, one yeah. of those kind of things. Yeah. But uh, and, and as a parent, it's very challenging because Jasmine's going into sixth grade and most of her friends have already had a phone for a long time. And when we say a phone, a smartphone with full access to browsers and social media and YouTube and everything else. And so for us, you know, we felt we fell into that. Uh, what are we going to do? Jasmine has gotten more mobile. It is nice. Can we be honest as parents? It is very convenient if your children are mobile, if you can contact them to say, where are you? Or just even pull yeah, it up on a so device helpful. and say, where are they? Yeah. You know, but we also did not want uh, to just give her an, a blank slate. So we did find a phone. It was from a company called Pinwheel. And it hurt me a little bit because it is an Android phone. <laughs> it's not Apple, not an Apple product. <laughs> but she did get it. And it was kind of funny because when we gave it to her, I said, Hey, we've got, we've got you a phone. And we gave it to her and she was just like, ah, and I was like, but hold on, hold on. It's not like a normal phone. It looks like it. It's got the touch screen and all that. I said, but it doesn't have everything all your friends are going to have on their phones. It took her about an hour digging into it to come back and be like, so where's this? I'm like, you don't get that. Well, what about this? You're not getting that. I mean, she can make and receive phone calls and text messages from an approved list that we kind of can oversee. It has no browser function at all. 
it, it can take pictures, you know, mm-hmm. and that's really it. And the reason we found it is there is an organization called Wait Until Eighth that is encouraging people to not give your kids smartphones until eighth grade, which to me still seems a little early, but I know that that's yeah. very countercultural. Well, to even but wait it till makes then. sense. I mean, because then a lot of the statistics are about young women in mm-hmm. particular. Like the CDC announced in March of this year that 30% of teen girls contemplated or had thoughts of suicide. And this is 2021, 2022, and both boys and girls significantly increased in persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. And that is... Scary. Yeah. It's frightening as a parent. Unbelievable. And I was reading about the Surgeon General. I'm like, this is the guy who, the the Surgeon General is the one who said, don't smoke, it will kill you, (laughs) is now coming out with a statement about social media for young people. And he really, they held his feet to the fire and he wouldn't say exactly like, don't do this or this or this. But he did say all the trends are showing us that there is a, a massive impact yeah. Um, on the mental There's health a lot of, of things happening people. around the world too that, yes. that I think we think the world revolves around us. But, you know, like yeah. um, there, I read about a school, Netherlands, in the Netherlands, that they are now restricting phones in schools, no phones in schools. I mean, they're like locking it down. Now, I realize in America, freedom, America, all this, yeah. we would never put up with that. But they're looking at the signs that, you know, and I know sometimes we Lincoln, say, well, we does it really? Hudson are like, no, no not absolutely not. But I know we want to say, well, does the, <laughs> does the science support the danger that exists? And I think, yes, it really does. The more, you know, um, I read an article where they did a study and the kids who get smartphones earlier become adults with worse mental health. You know, they're tracking this from 2004 to, two, to 2020, and they see, like it was 2012 or something like that, like where smartphones really took off and kids started getting them. And the chart was just crazy how yeah. the shift was in mental health in kids. And so it's kind of it's interesting to think about, you know. Yeah, and even the things I was reading this week were like, we're talking about adults too. Um, it is a, the biggest issue is around teens, Um, and kids, but adults too, that all these studies are showing that mental health issues have gone up steadily for all ages following the trend lines of smartphone and social network releases. So it's impacting our whole culture as we know it. Absolutely. And some of you are like, cool, why are you, why are you talking about this? You know, what does this have to do with Jesus? But I think the thing that bothers me the most, of course, I worry about my kids. I worry about, I mean, I'm a, I love social media, I love to connect, all these things. But what, what makes me sad is that what I see it doing is, and just all those stats I gave you, is that it's stealing and killing and destroying us, slowly. Mm-hmm. And, and not every, I don't want you to hear just social media is bad, we're not saying that today, mm-hmm. but the amount that we use it, the, um, the way we lean on it um, is, is doing all those things. And, one of my favorite passages in scripture is John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I've come to give you life and, a, and life abundant. And he says, the thief is the one who came to steal and kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, as I learn about this, I'm like, I feel like there is a way that Satan is even using this to steal and kill and destroy from us. I mean, literally, when you, you think about young, young adults, young kids even thinking yeah. suicidal thoughts. And so 
it feels like we have to address it. Yeah. Um, because it's so, it's so around us. And so as we're in the series, you know, in plain sight, with all the negative things we've just said, you might be wondering, where is God in social media? That's a great question, you know. And I think what we're going to find today as we talk about this is that social media, just like almost all of our messages in this series, is revealing a deep-seated need within us. There's something within us that is drawn to it and desires it. And what the problem is, is that social media makes great claims, makes great promises, but um, it really can't fulfill those things because it's artificial, it's fake, and what we're looking for, we're going to have to find somewhere else. And we're going to find that life with God is really what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. I think the, the key piece, there's a few things that we wanted to say this morning, and one of them is that God created us for connection. And that's so often what we're looking for when we go to social media, you know, especially when you're lonely or you're like, I want to find out about this old friend or this person or whatever it might be. We're usually looking for connection. And that's a good thing. God created us for connection, not isolation. But what we're seeing, again, over and over, is that um, as we pursue uh, social media and those things, we're not actually getting real connection as yeah. God intended. Because back in the olden days, <laughs> before social media, if you wanted to know about somebody, what did you do? You'd write them a letter, you could call them, call. you would, you know, and what do we do now if we want to know about somebody? We put them on mm-hmm. Facebook, we Google them, we go and see, mm-hmm. and, and, and we, then we feel like we know about them. Oh, look, but we haven't actually made the connection. Right. We've taken out the most critical piece and substituted it with information. And I think you said that earlier in the first service about yeah. how we substitute connection for information and think that's all we want. Yes. And there's a way that we have to remember. We say, I feel like we say this all the time, but Christianity is intended to be communal. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not for individuals. You know, there is a way that we have a personal relationship with God, but it only thrives when we meet together. And in Hebrews 10, we hear this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And so it feels like there's this way social media has it. We we want to have our desire fulfilled for Mm -hmm. communal time or for connection but actually it's not fulfilled on the computer. It's fulfilled when we're together. I was just talking to a guy leaving the first service and he said, wow, you think that we would have learned in COVID when all we could do was be together online, that online is not that great. And I was like, isn't that so true? But you know what, even in the work I do with InterVarsity, we've learned, oh, but we can connect with so many more people. And so we use Zoom way more. Can we say but connect like exactly, this? Exactly, exactly, but you know what? Quotes. It's not, it's a different kind of relationship. Well, and you'd shared a picture with me about yes. just how you've seen this yes. in InterVarsity. Yes, so, um, in my work with students on campuses, I have a coworker, his name's Jason, and he is on staff in California. Um, I think it was UC San Diego, and he shared this picture, and it struck me. So this is, a, this is just a picture that he shared from campus. And he's been on staff a long time with InterVarsity, so he's seen generations of students. And he said, he said, the, there used to not be scenes like this. It used to be people standing around, people sitting around talking to each other. You know, all these people would be in clusters on your main drag of campus. People would be talking, people would be interacting and eating together. And this is a scene that I've seen 
many times on campus. I can't tell you how many times I've walked on campus and greeted someone and they didn't know I was talking to them because they had their earbuds in, you know? And so, I mean, this is what a sad example of what's happening. Again, people are on their phones looking for connection, yeah. looking to, to connect to people and know things. And they have all these people right beside yeah. them that they're not. And really what with. social media does is it promises something it cannot deliver. Yes. It promises connection, but it delivers loneliness. Mm. And, you know, I think as we think about loneliness, loneliness really is an epidemic in our country. You know, I mean, mm. it's something that we see more and more. And, and in fact, you know, you think about the original problem in the Garden of Eden was, you know, God created Adam and Adam's alone. And God says, what? It is not good. And of course, we want to make it and amplify marriage as if that's the end all. And really, that's not it. That's not it. It's, uh, he's alone. And so he needs someone to be there with him. And so God creates Eve and he's no longer alone. But even, in, even with God himself, we see God in three persons, blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What we find there is that God is one, exists in Trinity, exists in community with himself, with God's self. And that is such a, a thing I think we need to learn. It's a, a reminder of what we need. But mm. as you and I were studying this week and talking back and forth, I mean, you, you sent an email one day about a grocery store in the Netherlands yes. that has changed yes. their approach. Yes. Oh, I loved this. I was like, this is so sweet. You know what they decided to do? This grocery store chain decided to have um, what they call like a, it's a chat it's, it's checkout lane. It's called Kletz Kassa, Klet Kassa, a play on the Dutch word Kletz, which means chatty. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a, a slow checkout lane. A slow checkout lane where if you want to talk to the cashier, like actually greet them and have a brief conversation, that's good. You go through that lane, you know, because even now, even now we go to the grocery store and I, I, I like to think that I'm still young and fresh, but even now I'm like, I do not want to go to that stupid kiosk and check out my groceries, you know, like I, yes, I'm like, not now. We I won't to, ask for the show of hands of us who do prefer self-checkout. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's Brent, you know? Yeah. But like the light's going to blink and I'm going to call somebody over anyway, because I did something wrong. But also, I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to have a full-on conversation, but like, hi, how are you? How's your day? We are eliminating connection. Yeah. And um, I remember back in my banking days, one of the first banks I worked at, we, did the, we had a program called Customer Focused Banking. It's a huge deal. You went to class for a week. I mean, it was crazy. But one of the things about Customer Focused Banking was you got graded because you might have secret shoppers and all that. But one of the questions was, is did you call people by name? And I really still think oh, about yeah. that, that one of the sweetest things people yes. love to hear is their name, you know, just to hear that. Even hey, if Beth, they just read it off you my know, You like to card. hear that, I don't yes. Care. You know, and Thank you, Amy. but there's something about that level, even there, we're just, we desire that. We yes. want that. It makes us yes. feel good. Man, it's something, it's how God created us to be. Yes, yes. We, again, we are relational human beings. We are created for community, we are created with that need for community, and then when we don't have that community with God or with each other, we don't have contentment. Yeah. I so believe that God created us to experience some level of contentment, and it seems like we're always fighting for that. <laughs> and what happens, I think, a lot with social media is we end up comparing, or we end up in competition, 
or how, how is that person aged or how is that person doing health-wise or what's going on in that person's life or how are their mm-hmm. kids, you know, doing well or are they a hot mess like mine, you know? Yeah. Which so, is so funny though because that, it, just if we stopped right there, what does social media do? It allows us to put the best face forward. That yeah. one moment in time yes. that is polished, that, you know, there was a fight before and screaming afterwards, but that's okay. Cause right there in this one yeah. split second, we had perfection and that's what we want the world to see. And is there anything that is more against what Jesus talked about than prettying up the outside and making sure you make yourself look good to everybody else? I mean, Matthew 23, Jesus has this whole long list of woe to you Pharisees and teachers of the law. And I love, you know, the early part in there, he says, you know, for everything they do, everything they've done is for people to see Well, could that be said about social media today? Everything we post online is for people to see. It says, I love it. It says, they make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. The phylacteries were small boxes attached to bands either on their arm or foreheads. And they would make sure these were big. Why? Because they wanted to put that image out there. Mm -hmm. And then a little later, what does Jesus say? He's like, you focus all on the outside. Mm -hmm. You think that's so important. You think posting that perfect image on Facebook Mm -hmm. or Instagram is where it's at and you're neglecting what's happening on the inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you really wanna know what's happening on the inside, take a look at that person you didn't like in high school and see their photos and how do you respond. Right. If they're living a good life and it makes you mad, you need to do some work on the <laughs> inside. Yeah. You know. And if you see them doing poorly and you're like, good, you need to do some work on the <laughs> yeah. inside because that's yeah. revealing more about and us. And we get that way with people and with God where it's like, I will bring my best face forward. Mm-hmm. I will, here I have all these things to offer you. They're shiny, you know? And actually, God sees it all anyway. Yeah. He knows all of your, he knows your highlight reels and he knows all the low, you yeah. know, the low moments. And that's actually what connects us. It's yeah. our vulnerability when we actually allow God into all those deep, dark spaces that and are not painful. not just God, other people. And allow other When they people. can see the flaws, yes, it exactly. like opens us up. I had a conversation with Jill Noble, who's in the first service a few weeks ago, and she saw me biff something. I mean, you probably all have. And I was like, I, lo- I forgot a detail about something. And I was like, Jill, I'm like, I'm, I just struggle with details. And I was like, you are so good at like, you just like, stop that. He, he's like, she's like, you are, or I was telling her, I'm like, you're amazing. Like you have it all together, blah, blah, blah. You run this lab at Mercy and whatever. She was laughing. She's like, you have a wrong picture of me. And like, I clearly have not let you in enough to my life. And you know what she did? That week, she sent me a picture. All it said was, here, you think I'm real, or do you think I'm perfect now? And it was a picture of her bathroom. <laughs> and it looked worse than mine. So I was like, woo, you're not perfect. But it's true that there's something about when we're honest about our flaws, when we're honest about what's really going on in our families, what's really going on in our lives or with our kids, yeah. um, there is a connection that we can have with each other and with God. But even social media tried to span this gap recently. Like this is from an app called Be Real. Anybody messed with Be Real? Okay, I see a hand in the back there. Be Real. It's a French app Mm -hmm. that was developed in 2020. And the whole function of the app was you you, you download the app 
at some random time during the day, I think everybody in your time zone gets a notification and it says, it's time to be real. And the goal was whatever you're doing right there in the moment, you take your phone out and you snap a picture and it uses both cameras. You get the selfie and you get wherever you're at. And the intent was just let it be real. But they found a problem with it. Nobody really wanted to be real. So then they have to add functionality where you can delete the picture because you know what happens if my eyes mm -hmm. are crossed or I'm not looking the right way mm -hmm. or all this, or if I don't really like what's in the background. And so they, they stopped doing that. And now you've got like all day to, to catch up and be real. Mm -hmm. If you don't hit the two minute window they originally gave you, mm -hmm. you can just do it whenever and you can delete the picture and all this stuff. And even social media's attempt for us to be real has just failed miserably. Mm. Oh yeah. It just proves that people don't actually want to be real. Yeah. Even though that's what we really need and Because what we it really seems desire. like we desire fake life. We do. I mean, we, you talked about abundant life, but yeah. really we want the rosy picture, right? We want it to be perfect with the good filter on it. Yes. And really, how much of life is really that way? Yeah. Not very much. little, not much. very little. <laughs> and then another thing that we were thinking about this week is that God created us to create. Yeah. We were not meant to be consumers. I mean, there's ways that we consume that's natural. You know, we receive, we learn, we, you know, attend events and we consume and those kinds of things, but not nearly as much as we do. God, God is creator or made in his image, meaning we are also creative. You may be disagreeing with me. You're like, I don't have a creative bone, but you create something, whether it's Excel spreadsheets or you know, data or uh, textiles and design or whatever it might be, or kids curriculum or jewelry or whatever. You, are, you have some element of creator to you. And we were created to create, even if it's as simple as making good meals. And instead, what happens with social media is that we consume. And I see this in me, I see it in my kids. My kids love to watch, and I, my mom friends tell me that my kids are not alone. They love to watch YouTube and watch other people do fun things or watch other people play video games instead of them playing the video games. My, my favorite was unboxing videos. Yes. We want to watch them unbox toys, which I thought that is the craziest yeah. thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't want my own These toy. Guys, Trisha's calling out her family <laughs> over here. <laughs> she actually funny. asked us to give this message. So. <laughs> we, uh, but to be fair, you mentioned in the first service that you... I do the same thing. Yeah. I'm not trying to call you out because you Thanks. said you, you love to cook. Yes. But you'll find that you'll watch more videos on cooking than actually Yeah. Cooking. I get it. They're so mesmerizing. And then I'm like, I'm just consuming all these videos of people cooking these beautiful things. And you know what I really enjoy doing? Cooking. Like, go cook, Amy. Yeah. You know? And there's a way that I think sometimes social media, we just end up becoming consumers and we kind of numb out and we watch all the things instead of going and using our hands being and our brains and like, yes, being we're not present. in the moment. In we're the not moment. present. Yeah. Exactly. And, I, and even recently Apple showed this new product that they have coming out. Go to this next picture on the screen. It's this new headset and it's a marvel of technology. I will tell you. However, does anybody see a problem with this picture? He's not interacting. So they've built this thing that you wear that has this huge thing around your head and it's got, it'll record 3D videos. Now that's very cool. Yeah. But the sacrifice to get a 3D video of your children is to not be present in the room. <laughs> 
And I just think, this is, is this where we're going? Is this what we're leading to? Is to just, we all wear devices. I mean, it's, I mean, the only difference is we've gone from this to this, right? I mean, that's the difference. But we are created to be in the moment, to be creators, to be contemplators, and not just be consumers in that moment. And all that is doing is just continuing to create separation. Yes. Again, disconnection, yes. which is what yes. we've been talking Even about yesterday, the whole time. We went and have a fun little family adventure day <laughs> at the ledges and boom, we we're going to go be out in nature. And my phone was dead to begin the day. And I'm like trying to get it to charge in the car and it wouldn't work. And Matthew was like, oh, it seems like you're a little frustrated. seems like you're creating an illustration for your sermon tomorrow. Like, does this worry you that you don't have access to your phone and social media all day and you can't take pictures of, you know, I was like, please. Please don't say that. But it's true. Remember last week, I think I mentioned in the message um, that Pearl told me, she asked the question, um, what do you take with you everywhere? And I said, my phone. And then she said, I said, Pearl, what do you take with you everywhere? And she said, hmm, God. So yeah, yeah. So anyway. I'm just right, I'm preaching myself this morning. We both are. And yes. that's the thing too, yes. is because the last thing we're going to talk about is just, is how God created us also for consistent rhythms. Yeah. You know, consistent rhythms of work and rest yeah. and not just numbing out or overproduction. And I've been reading a book and the guy yeah. talks about the, the accelerated pace of life and how technology yeah. always promises to be able to slow down but never delivers. I heard an example this week of how uh, accountants, you know, actuaries, when spreadsheets came out, you know, and it was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be amazing. It's going to save us so much time. We're going to, you, you can go to a four day work week, right? <laughs> yeah. no. Did that happen? No, not at all. Because what happened is yes, it, it helped us do things quicker, but then we just kept backfilling things to do. And really, social media does that as well. How many times? I mean, I've done this. I'll just get on you know, Instagram, and I'll get on those stupid videos, and you just keep swiping. And you mm -hmm. look, and it's like, oh, I don't oh. even want, I'm not even going to admit <laughs> yeah. how much time has passed yeah. that you've just spent watching dumb videos. Mm -hmm. And, and you, none of us can look at that and go, well, that's a very positive thing. No. It's a very negative thing. I mean, you and I were even talking about how when you look at the studies of like how the phones were designed, even the swiping technology, yeah. you know, when you go up and down, it's like it emulates like the arm on a slot machine. That is addictive behavior that's built in. And that's, yeah, next time you're scrolling on your phone, go, I'm just playing the They're slots creative. right now. There yeah. you go. Because it's a, it builds that repetitive, yeah. addictive behavior. And, yeah. and we, we're not finding the rest, right. which leads us to the discontentment again, which yes. leads us to all these other things. And, it, and I look and I see it and I just, you know, Jesus says, and we look at this thing that he said and we go, it can't be real. But he said, you know, take my yoke upon you, mm -hmm. you know, for my burden is light. And we look at that and we go, that can't be true. The crushing weight of Christianity of following Jesus. But really, as I think about it in light of social media and the pressures that come from there and the technology and the weight there, there's something to it, isn't there? I mean, yeah. there's really something to Jesus saying, look, I got, I got something. You think you're missing out or you will miss out, but you're missing out really right now. Yeah. I feel like I get to a place where I'm like, oh, my mind hasn't stopped or rested. I have to be like, oh, breathe. My body hasn't stopped or my internal dialogue or whatever. 
and I have to re, really retrain my brain. Okay, focus on Jesus. You know, focus on my kids or what's right in front of me, what's present. Richard Foster is um, an author of this book called The Celebration of Discipline. It's an old book, and he's, he's done a lot of work on spiritual formation, like helping people's internal worlds be more like Jesus. And I love this quote. He said, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest satisfied. And then, and I just assumed that this was recent. I'm like, what book is this that he wrote this in? It was a book from the late 70s. So this is not, I mean, that we, we didn't have any of these same kinds of um, social media influences anyway. So can you imagine now what he would say um, or how he would respond? We are living in a time, in a culture that's constantly bombarding us with noise and information yeah. and crowds and hurry and that's so easily a way that satan would get in and steal mm-hmm. and wreak havoc and destroy and take your peace and yeah. we're allowing him to do it i am there's so many times yeah. where i'm like oh i'm sorry jesus i know you want you want and me. really the question is how often do you get on or off social media and you get done and you think oh well that felt good and that was delightful. <laughs> I feel full. Usually it's much more the opposite way. And I get, yeah. we want to make a caveat here at the end and just say, we're not yeah. here just to trash social media. We're on it. We use it. We said we're going to. And gonna... you know what? I was thinking, I have actually just re- recently reconnected with a whole bunch of like InterVarsity alum from mm. 10 years ago on Facebook. And I was thinking in first service, I'm like, there's a few people that have met their spouses yeah. on social media and things. So there are so there you go. Your story, you guys like were high school sweethearts and found each other again later in life on, on Facebook, right? 32 years later. Scott and Beth, 32 years later. <laughs> there are beautiful things that God actually does. There are clearly you have connected. When it's a tool. Yes. When it's a tool yes. to be used and doesn't become the end all yes. life that we're yes. searching yes. to help us yes. make those yes. connections. When it's put in its proper place. Yeah. And so I want to read something to you. I loved this. This is a book. Um, that I've started reading called The TechWise Family, and it's an uh, author named Andy Crouch, and he is a Christian guy who's written on a ton of Christian culture stuff. He's really interesting, and then he chose to do a whole book just around technology and social media because the way he sees it happening in his family, and he talks a lot about social media is not bad, technology is not bad, but it needs its place, and so this is what he says. Technology is in its proper place when it helps us bond with real people that we've been given to love. It's out of its proper place when we end up bonding with people at a distance. Technology is at its proper place when it starts great conversations. It's out of its proper place when it prevents us from talking with and listening to one another. Technology is in its proper place when it helps us acquire skill and mastery of domains that are of the glory of human culture, like sports and music and art and cooking and writing, etc. When we let technology replace the development of skill with passive consumption, Something has gone wrong. Technology is in its proper place only when we use it with intention and care. If there's one thing I've discovered about technology, it's that it doesn't stay in its proper place on its own. Mm. I think we can all say amen to that. Amen. Yeah. And you know, as we, we started and we just said, where is God in plain sight in social media? And it can be difficult to see, but it doesn't have to be. But I do, as I thought about this, I thought about, you know, the first century church 
for everything that they did right and wrong, they, they were a countercultural movement. Mm-hmm. The things that they stood for, the things that they did were very countercultural. You know, I remember reading about, you know, how it was very common for them at that time. If they didn't want a child, they would just leave it out to be uh, exposed and, oh and killed, you know, just by the elements. And the Christians, the early church would actually find these children and take them in. They would rescue them for keeping that from happening. Was it comfortable? No. Was it easy? No. But as I think about social media, I think, where is God in this? And I think, you know, it just it reveals our greater need, people's greater need and desire for connection. I mean, that's at the root of this, right? We talked about loneliness and we want to be connected. We want to be heard. And we want to listen. We want to hear other people. And so we're not saying get off social media. It's a great way to connect. It can be a start of connection. But what we'd encourage you to do is as you get on your, uh, on your phones or on your computers and you pull up Facebook, can it be a catalyst? A catalyst to a phone call, a catalyst to a lunch or a coffee or hospitality by inviting somebody over for dinner. That to me is where we as Christians are supposed to be living anyway. As we follow Jesus, we're supposed to be the ones that are making true connections with people that, that are sitting down over, over a dinner table and having these genuine conversations, not just creeping or stalking on people on social media. And so we're not saying don't do it. But how can you, how when you see that, can it help you see God? Mm-hmm. And so when you see somebody post something, is it an opportunity for you to reach out and say, hey, saw you post on Facebook. Let's go grab a cup of coffee today. Mm-hmm. Or picking up the phone, which you know I hate to do. Mm-hmm. But calling somebody and saying, hey, how you are you? You call me. Yeah, I call like me. You know, that's, what, that's kind of what we're looking <laughs> yeah. for, right? Yeah. Yeah, my encouragement to you as we go this morning is to think about even just the simple act of looking up. I was talking to Noelle Turk, who's a physical (laughs) therapist, and it's so interesting. She said so much of the work that they do now in physical therapy is on necks and on shoulders because our heads are down in all of life on our phones or on our computer. And so Mm -hmm. it just even that isn't that interesting, just like physical image, even a reminder to look up, like look and look in front of you instead of down, you know, we're inevitably we're going to engage with our phones and our computers and that's okay. But look up, look at straight ahead of you. Look to see who are the people around you. Like Brent said, that you can connect with, you can have a relationship. Who are your neighbors? Who are the people that you see in your neighborhood or at the grocery store? Look in their eyes, look at their face, say hello. And look up, that's where we see God and God's creation. And the image of God in others. Exactly, yeah. and see each other and, and realize, oh, God is, God is here. God is yeah. at work around me when I lift my head to see those things.